is Paul to the Corinthian church. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you're not ready, for you're still of the flesh. For as long as there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul is talking to the church and he's telling them, I want to talk to you as spiritually mature adults because now you're Christians. But the church, unfortunately, is more interested in aligning themselves with different factions and claiming superiority. And some say, I'm following him, and some say, I follow him. And Paul tells them, well, I'm following Christ. So what's important is not who you're following individually, but that we're just the messengers, and God is the one. God is the one you need to have faith in, and God is the one whose work we're doing. These petty differences, Paul says you're acting like children act, not adults in Christ. You're missing the point, and I need for you to understand the point. Ah, the Corinthians, you have to love them as Paul loved them. He had taught them, and yet he's still getting letters from them complaining about one another. So also when I was considering this sermon this week, and I thought about the word clueless. I couldn't help but think about my brother. And many of you don't know Smith because he doesn't live here. And I'm not trying hard not to look at my mother right now. <laughs> but, but my brother, as smart as he is, I'm going to have to tell you, sometimes he's clueless. Believe me. When we were growing up, our parents were kind of close in age, and our parents would encourage us to do things together, our tasks together, like, you know, cleaning up the kitchen or picking up the playroom or working out in the yard. And um, Smith and I would, because we were children of a master organizer and a civil engineer, of course, we couldn't start anything until we had a plan. And sometimes that plan took longer than the actual task. You know, like three hours later, we'd still be talking about the plan, and the task would have taken us 15 minutes to do. Here's the thing about coming to a plan with my brother. 
he might agree to do what I wanted to do, but he would never admit that I was right. And I knew I was right. And I just needed him to admit that I was right. It wasn't enough that he did what I did, what I wanted him to do. Couldn't he understand how I felt? And unfortunately, I guess really that makes me the one who was clueless, wasn't it? Because the point wasn't to get him to agree with me. The point was to do the task together. Sometimes I think that we get so caught up in that part, making sure that every, other people understand our viewpoint that we forget about our task at hand. And, you know, just here in this congregation, there's so many differences among us. Um, just down the hall, there's a whole other worship service going on. You know, they're worshiping in a slightly different way, but we're all worshiping God. We're all part of the same church family. Those differences are not about what we believe because the key part is that we believe that Jesus came and lived among us, that Jesus died for us, and that Jesus was resurrected. That's the key part of what we believe. But even here in this congregation, we take in information differently. We participate differently. And this group at Corinth, well, they got caught up in their differences instead of what the core of the issue is. I wholeheartedly believe that Paul has hit upon the issue that is central to church divisiveness. And it's true today as it was 2,000 years ago. That issue is the matter of humans deciding to follow or affiliate with other humans instead of God. This passage today really brings us a couple of points, a couple of challenges. And and here is really something that kind of popped to mind that, that Paul was saying, that these people were saying. Here's the first one. My group is better than your group. The different factions in this church are arguing about who is wiser and knows God better. Some say I follow Paulus. Some say, claim Paul, and even some before that claim Cephas or Peter as their leader. And they say to one another, obviously the way I believe is superior to the way you believe, and I'm putting my faith in Paul about this Christ thing. Paul goes right back and reminds them this is not about Paul or Apollos or Peter. God is the one. But we love to choose sides, don't we? We want to belong to this group because they do the things that I like to do. Or this group because they practice their faith in this way. I want to kneel when I pray. Or I want this kind of music or whatever it is. This group believes the way I do so they must be right. And that group is wrong because they don't. Even worse, I can't convince them of my point of view. Which brings us to the next point. My gift is better than your gift. They were arguing about Apollos and Paul in particular and about their gifts. So we know from the Bible, the Bible tells us that the preacher is not more important in this church family, in this church community, than the teacher is. Those with administrative gifts are not more valuable to the work of the Lord than those with gifts of music. It takes each of us 
and our gifts to make up the body of Christ. So when we speak of unity of the body of Christ, it doesn't mean that we're expected to be the same, to worship the same, to believe the same way, to use the same gifts in the same way. On the contrary, we know that we are differently gifted for the work of God. Unity means that we believe in God. It means that we accept the gift of Jesus and that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit and that we are working together toward the coming of the kingdom of God. That is where our unity lies, not in our sameness. Last summer, um, we went on a staff retreat to Lake City and we played this great team game. You know, you always got to play a game, a team building exercise. And um, we went on the scavenger hunt in Lake City. And by the way, if you haven't done that, that's a lot of fun. You go on the scavenger hunt they give you, and you look for historical markers, and you figure out the clues. And um, so we divided into groups. And I won't tell you who was in which role you might can guess by my description, but one of us read the instructions and figured out the clues. So one person was doing that. One of us was looking for the landmarks to make sure, you know, they were doing the overall view of where the landmarks were. One of us was smiling and making friends with the locals and getting the inside scoop on where the historical markers was. And then the last person in the group was making sure that nobody else, nobody was left behind. You know, they were hurting all of us together so that we would find um, the thing together and not be separate. So remember that point, going from point A to B was not the purpose of this exercise. Working in relationship with a, together as a unified group was the point. And that's just your church staff. I mean, we're all over the place. That brings us to point number three. I know God better than you do. We don't know God by having wisdom, and that's not true. We know God by doing the things that we've talked about in this room today, by emulating Jesus. Jesus is our model for faith maturity, including the ability to know God. So then it makes sense that any actions that do not reflect the model that Jesus provided, that indicates immaturity in faith. Or in other words, we're not ready yet to leave the infant's milk behind. None of the Corinthian groups had any special knowledge about the nature of God from their human leaders, no matter what they claimed. That knowledge comes from modeling our lives after Jesus, not from wisdom. This passage brings to the forefront the solution to some of these issues simply that we must recognize that we belong to Christ, not to a particular way of worship or a particular set of traditions. We belong to God. We are offered salvation by the actions of Christ, and the necessary thing is that we have faith in the actions of Christ is our salvation. To grow in, adult, to grow in our faith maturity or to move on to adult food, as Paul puts it, means that we need to witness and imitate the life of Jesus in our everyday life. The church, as you've heard this morning, can be and should be 
the place where this is modeled for us, the place where the opportunity to do these things happens. I've seen these manifestations of Christ in our community, and you have to come into mind. Um, recently, a teacher, Sunday school teacher, sat down with me and said, I, these are my hopes and my dreams for our children This is what I want to do to make sure they have everything they need to grow in Christ. I saw Christ in that person. I I see someone that is dealing with health issues herself, and yet she never fails to reach out and nurture and support those who need her. You know, there are manifestations of Christ in people that repair our homes, that work at these different missions, that sing, that preach. There's so many different ways to use your gifts. There's so many different ways to step out of your comfort zone and let the Holy Spirit partner with you in order to use your gifts. Because it's not just about what you feel comfortable doing. It's about letting God take you along that journey. And so, were the Corinthians really clueless? I don't think so. That was kind of a harsh word. But they're human, and they're working out what it meant to be Christian. The crux of the matter is this. No matter how important the issues are that we disagree on and our struggle to understand things like theology or politics or whatever it is, Our love for God and for one another is what is primary. That is what our unity is about. That love unites us, not because we're the same, but in the role of the body of Christ. 